episode of Childhood Rewind. I am one of your hosts, Chris Benefield, and joining me as always is Michael Mallon. Hello. Hello, sir. Yeah, how are you doing? Uh, it's been a day, you know, uh, getting a house prep to sell is super fun, so, you know. <laughs> that is exciting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And probably terrifying. This is a first for me, selling, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting process. The good news is that the market is pretty hot for these kind of houses right now, so, um, the, the hope is that we have two or three days of intrusions and then, um, competing offers and we get to call it a day, but we shall see. Nice. And how much more work do you have to put into it right now in terms of just time? Well, it's kind of one of those things that I could do infinite work. <laughs> so just kind of doing what I am able to and actually had a person out to to, to do some helping with uh, cleaning and uh, uh, decluttering today. So, uh, you know, we'll do what we can, but uh, plenty of other things going on in my life. So um, the, I'm not able to give it my full attention. So what gets done gets done and what doesn't um, hopefully doesn't hurt us too much. And like you said, it's nice with a seller's market right now that some stuff might be able to be overlooked and people just be excited to get the, get into the home. Yep, that that's, house, the, I should say. that's the that's the hope. Excellent. Yeah, I've had a – I sometimes say that the past few months have been a blur. The past year has been a blur. This week kind of took on a similar vibe. It was mm -hmm. the one-year anniversary of my brother's suicide on the 26th. And right. Kind of leading up to that, I've been working with another individual, well, actually another team of individuals. So it's a two-man group. They run a online store for like third-party D&D content. Mm -hmm. And they helped me take some old stuff that I had written for D&D 4th Edition, kind of these monsters, sort of a monster manual, but a mini one. So there's only 10, 10 monsters. And they helped me update it to 5th edition, and we put it together in a book, and we're selling it for $5. And every purchase, all $5, goes to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. So kind of, I released that on Tuesday and wrote up a post on my site about just what the last year has been like and being a survivor of suicide and you know, I've been happy to put that out there, and some people have, have shared it and, you know, given me some, some nice feedback, which is is nice. It's not, not why I did it, but it's I'm hoping to, you know, raise some money and gain some, uh, you know, get greater awareness for suicide prevention. And, you know, it's something we've talked about in several different mm -hmm. contexts in, the, right. in this podcast. Yep. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that continues, like. I thought it was really like last night on a, on a whim. I was just sitting at the computer and I was like, you know, I've talked to Chris Cluey in the past about D and D and Hearthstone. I wonder mm -hmm. if I can get him to retweet this. Mm -hmm. And I saw he was writing about something else. So I figured he was online and I took a shot and I said, Hey, I par pardon the intrusion, but you know, and I just kind of summarized as briefly as possible in one tweet. If, if you'd be willing to share this with your followers. And he just said, Hey, retweeted. Good luck. Mm -hmm. And, we exchanged like I think one more tweet after that, but he has like 180,000 followers. So, right, 
you know, just stuff like that. I just am trying to filter it out there, and I realize these things take time. And, you know, we've already raised a few hundred bucks, which is awesome. So mm-hmm. I'm sure the AFSP, I always have to think about that before I say the acronym, Right, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Um, you know, they'll do something useful with that, and hopefully, mm-hmm. it helps somebody else. So, that's been this week. I've been channeling, I think, some of that energy and grief into something that's tangible that I can do. Yep, and that's been my week. Cool. So, I imagine the vast majority of anybody listening kind of also follows uh, you on Twitter, but um, just in case somebody is and are interested in finding it, how, how would they go about uh, finding it and, and making it a, a donation or picking up the uh, the PDF? So, yeah, on, on Twitter, I'm at the id DM, so T-H-E-I-D-D-M, and I've, I wrote the article on my blog, which I've been running since 2011, which is the idm.wordpress.com. So T H E I D D M dot wordpress.com. So, um, yeah, I've been writing mostly about D and D, but also some other mental health and gaming topics. So, mm-hmm. and been trying to write a little bit more over the past few months, um, cause back to gaming a bit more playing D and D once a month or so, which has been enjoyable. Uh, much to your chagrin, my bard is still alive. <laughs> no. The stone is actually going to be back in action on Saturday. I'm excited. Good, good. Yeah. Here's, here's hoping he, he meets his demise this time. <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking of meeting demises. Right. How, how's that for a segue? Um, that's, that's solid. One of the things that we were chatting about, this this week we actually haven't had a ton of time to talk about it but just brought it up as hey we should talk about this is uh toys r us yeah yeah rest in peace toys r us i think the the stores are closing for good tomorrow so that you had brought this up as a potential topic so we should talk about i think you said something along the lines of it really does fit right into the theme of our title of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, did, did, were you a Toys R Us kid? Did, how much time did you spend in, in their stores? So there, well, growing up, there wasn't one by my house. So I grew up in South Jersey, and I think the closest one was more in Central Jersey or closer to Philly, mm. um, which is a good 45 minutes to an hour plus drive away. So it's not like I had one close by. Right. I think as I got older and maybe early teenage years, there was one that opened up because we had a new mall that got built and like stuff around the mall and eventually we had a Toys R Us. But I think at that point I was more into video games and stuff and less so action figures and everything like that. But yeah, no, it was definitely a big deal to go there. And I remember one of the big allures of, of Toys R Us was... Like, they had stuff you couldn't find elsewhere because they had mm-hmm. so many options. And the store that I knew about was kind of, like I said, somewhere in central Jersey. And mm-hmm. it was near the hospital I had to go or the medical center hospital I had to go to once a year for my cardiac uh, stuff. Yep. So it was always a big deal. Like, I'd go early in the morning. I'd have all these tests, meet with the doctor. And then my mom would take me to Toys R Us. It was like a big deal. It was like, mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, go pick out something. 
And then I was always just overwhelmed, and I was like, I don't know what to pick. It's too too much pressure. Um, what, yeah. what about you? So as soon as I moved to um, Atlanta, which was uh, beginning of fourth grade for me, there was one two miles from our house. So oh, wow. I was there a lot. In fact, my, my first memory of being there was that Christmas – Transformers were were still really new um, and were a big deal to me. And so I was showing up trying to get one of the, you know, sweet first generation Star Wars. I got my hands on whoever the red Lamborghini guy is. I don't remember his name. Sideswipe? Maybe, maybe. It's minus some nerd cred for me. Um, And uh, so I was there to get that. But it was also the year of the Cabbage Patch Kids Mm. craze. Um, and I witnessed a fight over, you know, one of the last Cabbage Patch kids in stock. And your um, love of people. professional wrestling was born. <laughs> 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 yep. Uh, so there, there was that. That was one of the very first times that I, I got to go there, um, you know, just somewhere during the holiday season of that, you know, 83 into 84. And yeah, it was, you know, it was where I went most of the time to, you know, get G.I. Joe's or, or whatever until I was beyond that phase. And <laughs> even once I was beyond that phase, we still ended up in Toys R Us a lot. I can remember going in there with a good friend of mine. And t- do you remember the Nerf Javelin? Sure. So if anybody doesn't know, it's pretty much what it sounds like. It was like a four to five foot long javelin made out of nerf that would fly i don't know you could you could wing it pretty pretty far yep so we would get on opposite ends of the longest aisle so we're basically throwing it across the store to each other (laughs) until an employee would spot us and and ask us to to knock it off uh and then even a little later on there were some uh friends that well really i was friends with one person it was like her older brother and his his friends they had a game that they created of how fast can we get kicked out of toys r us Mm. (laughs) and by the time i was aware of it they had it down to a science they would sprint in straight to where the bikes were and start honking all the bike horns you know as many as they could and the record was something like you know, 46 seconds or, or something like that. Wow. They actually tried tried to claim a faster record because, you know, the employees started to recognize them. So there was one time they walked in and were just immediately asked to leave. But we, <laughs> we officially ruled that that didn't count, hmm. you know. So um, that's more so of yeah. a preventative measure than it is being thrown out. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was a a big deal in my upbringing and you know i asked you if you were a toys r us kid i mean that's been something that i've said for forever you know that i you know the whole i don't want to grow up i'm a toys r us kid like that is is kind of a part of of who i am to this day so did you hear you know, the uh really somber remake of that song <laughs> yes i did i, I should have had it ready uh, to go yeah should be playing it right now <laughs> yeah if you can find that while we're while we're chatting because it's really sad it's it's just like kind of heartbreaking yeah yeah toys r us was i was a bit big into gi joe and had a lot of those characters certainly transformers GoBots back in the day which was like the knockoff transformers 
uh, mm-hmm. had a lot of those. Legos was always a huge Lego person, but like they had the such a wide selection of video games and a lot of video games that would be sold out other places. You might be able to find at Toys R Us, or you could reserve it, and sometimes they would have it where you couldn't get it to other places. So you found the song. I have found it. I think people get the idea. <laughs> yep, sorry. <laughs> Rocking out to sad Toys R Us music. But yeah, and it was just an experience going there because it was just all this stuff. It was stimulation overload. And you could just hang out there if you didn't get thrown out. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes they would have displays or demos, so they would have a video game thing up, and you you, you know you could play that and check things out. Um, yep. And this is before Walmart didn't really – I don't think it existed. Target wasn't around. Like you would have department stores or KB Toy Store in the mall. Yeah, but nowhere near as cool. Yeah, but there was nothing like just a big warehouse building of toys yep. that you could just sort of look at and be like – Wow, that's awesome. I need to get that. And yep. it was just that every aisle, nonstop. Hold on, hold on. I got to interrupt this for an important message. Nice. How's that LaCroix treating you? Toys R Us. <laughs> Did you go with the peach pear or is it mango? What are you going with? Uh, it's it's the B-side pills. I don't know if you realize that, uh, that they had that one. Mm. So anyway, that's for you, Toys R Us. Well, this – so I, I think the – Conventional wisdom is that Toys R Us is closing down because of places like Amazon and just the fact that people don't shop anymore. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's true. Tell me more. So this is where I, I go into more of like a political angle and, and you tell me I'm negative and other some of our other listeners send me private messages and say, man, you sounded really negative in that last show. I just wanted to give you a hug. <laughs> no, I, th- I think you're going to exactly what I was going to talk about, but you've maybe done your research more recently and can put it better than me. So go ahead. Well, it's interesting. I'm just reading this from an article. So it's on it's online. It must be true. But it's from like CNN money. So I think it's pretty legit back in I think mm-hmm. back in March. So it says, and I'm quoting, Toys R Us debt problems date back to well before Amazon was a major threat. Its debt was downgraded to junk bond status in January of 2005 um, Mm -hmm. at a time when Amazon sales were just 4% of their current level. A year later, the company was taken private by KKR, Bain Capital, and real estate firm Vornado, or Vornado. Uh, mm-hmm. The $6.6 billion purchase left it with $5.3 billion in debt secured by its assets, and it never really recovered. Close quote. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the article goes on, like, you know, it was kind of mismanaged. They neglected the store because the stores because they were in so much debt. But eagle-eared listeners will recognize Bain Capital as related to one Mitt Romney. <laughs> right. Who's definitely a, a financial titan in this in this country, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, so basically they were kind of bought out or in part of the whole wheeling and dealing that 
financial folks do that's kind of above my head, but it sounds like they were just a pawn used in a greater scheme for other people to make money, and they were just kind of sacrificed at the altar of a few people high up on the totem pole getting richer. Well, and I believe there's even more to it, too, and I don't I, – I, I'm speaking off of memory. I don't have this in front of me, but I, I think that this is one of those deals where because they're bought by this huge conglomerate, the conglomerate actually benefits in weird ways from them going out of business, as sure. in – there's there's these you know parts of it that deal with stuff like you know debt and whatnot where those aspects of this large business actually still profit handsomely off of Toys R Us going out of business. So in many cases, when these companies get bought out like this, um, they're not even especially incentivized to try to make the business be successful. And it sounds like in this case, they saddled them with a great deal of debt and that that purchase by not putting very much of their own money into it that debt was like against the assets of toys r us so and to be fair like i i absolutely think that um both the other big box stores that have toys like walmart and whatnot cut into their business Mm -hmm. um and certainly they were a little slow to get on board with the online stuff and you know, way behind places like Amazon on, on pricing. So so that, you know, was definitely part of the picture, too. Um, but, you know, it, it does get complicated in a hurry. And you just hear people say, well, you know, they they didn't keep up with, you know, Amazon did them in. And like, yeah, so to some degree, but also they're a victim of this really um, complicated <laughs> corporate finance schemes that are that are out there for the the taking when you have these businesses that are sort of floundering and really need sort of new leadership and a new model and you know it it, it does bum me out a little bit for you because you know you have a kid now you were <laughs> you're going to get to spend that quality toys r us time again did you forget had, about will like he's yeah no i'm saying like i was about to say that like will and i have had a lot of fun you know over the years uh going into toys r us and finding stuff and there even been a couple of things still that um there's a Japanese brand of like matchbox cars um, that have always been popular there, um, Tamika or Tommy, but have struggled ever break into this market. They've tried a couple times. One times they called themselves pocket cars. I don't know if you ever remember, if you remember that. They had packaging that looked like the back of your jeans with like a, a car oh, in the back pocket. Really? I don't, doesn't ring a bell, but. <laughs> They were, That's you know, funny. they were there with the Hot Wheels and Matchbox for a little while, you know, when we were when we were kids. But they tried to re-enter the market right when Will was watching a lot of like, you know, Nick Jr. and stuff, and so they had a pretty heavy advertising campaign. And they have these really cool, like, um, mechanical battery-operated like racetracks and garages and stuff that sort of will move the cars automatically like up and down elevators and like through the track and stuff like that like some really cool toys and so um as soon as we saw them we were trying to find them and even like amazon all they had was people importing them so it was expensive um but toys r us was the exclusive retailer for that so we would go to toys r us and pick up you know some of that stuff and got quite a bit of it before uh, you know, once again, they gave up on that campaign. So, 
you know, it's unfortunate that Toys R Us could never kind of figure out how to become something a little bit different that, you know, kept people coming through the door, um, you know, sort of having it be more of a, um, I don't know, like an event to go to Toys R Us. Well, right, an experience. And I, I, I've read articles about other industries, and I think even – it might even have been about Target. I mean, Target's a big mm-hmm. – big corporation on the country but it's based here in the twin cities so we get a, we get a lot of target news here in the in the twin right. cities area and i think they were talking about having to compete with amazon now and that the store needs to be not so much just a warehouse where you, you stock a bunch of things but it needs to be more of an experience mm-hmm. whether it's displays or customer service or something you there has to be a reason for people to go there yeah, because now you, it's just too easy to buy stuff online, and and we do it all the time. We we're Prime members, we get diapers through Amazon and a mm-hmm. ton of stuff for our son, and it's just it's just easy, it's just convenient. But at the same time, like I grew up walking around malls, and that's just mm-hmm. what, just what we did. And I don't know if kids do that these days. Like, do kids still walk around malls? No. <laughs> okay. I mean, a little bit. It depends on where you live and, and whatnot. I think in smaller communities where there's a mall, that's still maybe a big deal. That was but, really an old man um, question. They're, they're, kids they're still kind walk of a, around malls? <laughs> they're mostly a wasteland these days. I mean, sure, some, but you know, not not like it was in our in our day where that was like one of the main things to do. Yeah, I still joke about it with friends my age who are like, yeah. Hey, take a lap around the mall. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's just what you did. In high, that's just what we did in high school. There's like not, mm-hmm. I mean, there's other stuff to do, but you would run in other people. There were arcades and obviously there's not really arcades anymore. So yeah, in terms of taking Hugo to some big toy store, they don't really exist. I guess no Walmart, Target, yeah, it's like yeah. a few aisles and yeah, you know, I've taken, my, I've taken my nephews there. We actually went, over the summer or spring, because it's mm-hmm. summer now, and uh, my nephew had his eleventh birthday, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. and we went to Target. We're like, yeah, we're gonna get you something, like pick something out, and like literally like two or three aisles. And he's walking up and down. I think he ended up getting this like big, huge Nerf gun, uh, mm-hmm. but it's just not the same. It's and it's kind of a bummer that, yeah, like I'm not going to be able to do that with him unless some right. new place opens up. And it it's certainly not going to be a big, huge chain like Toys R Us probably. No, I mean, I, I'm aware of a few kind of independent toy stores around the Twin Cities. And those can be pretty cool, too. Like they're not as big, but a lot of times they have some cool stuff that you wouldn't see at like a, a target or whatever. And so that, you know, that can be fun to go to, but if there doesn't happen to be one near you, you know, it's a huge journey sometimes to get there in a, in a decent sized metropolitan area. So, um, you know, I hope there'll be some, some fun things like that to do. Cause you know, as soon as I had, I had kids, that was one of the fun things of like, Oh, like we get to go to the toy store and like, buy these toys that are ostensibly for you, but I'm going to have fun with them too. Another one that I actually uh, found at uh, Toys R Us back in the day was this uh, thing called Rock and Bach. Have you ever seen these? No. 
<laughs> it's like the home version of some of the things that you'll see at like children's museums. So there's these remote controlled, basically like construction vehicles and stuff and like red and blue balls that are slightly different sizes and you pick them up and take them to different like conveyor belts and stuff and they run through things and come out different places and then you like load them in your dump truck and take them somewhere else and send them through a different whatever uh, and there were, there's like a train and all kinds of uh, cool stuff for that. So that uh, Toys R Us had a big, huge display where you could play with it there and and see how it worked. And it was awesome. And so that was another one that, <laughs> uh, you know, invested heavily in that. I, I think they're still around, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, I, I put it up on the Google and see, mm-hmm. see some pictures of it. But yeah. I wonder these days, like we grew up. And you're a, a little bit older than me, but it seemed like action figures were a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, collect them, play with them, and I just don't know. Are there? Is that even a big deal with kids these days? I it mean, seems like it's all I, video games and it's all screen time. It seems less actual physical toys. I can only speak to my household, um, and you know, really not a big deal um, here. Uh, you know, my daughter had some of the stuff, like, I'm trying to remember what the name of it was. It's not Barbie's there. Brass. Slightly smaller than G.I. Joe's. No, I think it's, I think it's like Polly Pocket, maybe, is what they are. And they, they have, like, I don't know, like three to four inch sized, um, figures or and whatnot and then each one would come with like a little scene and then you could get like bigger like houses and all that kind of stuff so uh, there my son like the big thing for physical toys for him is legos Mm -hmm. which certainly have the minis but you know it's not the same thing as like a a sweet gi joe he's got a few star wars figures and things like that but that's never been his main go-to thing but you know, that stuff is still out there, so I assume that other kids are still into it. Or, or maybe it's just all, you know, adults that are buying. And just collecting <laughs> stuff, yeah. yeah. It's just all 40-year-old dudes coming in there when the new Star Wars figures come out. Well, no, we'll walk around, like I said, I think I've mentioned before, like we'll walk around the Mall of America on weekends, like before it opens. And there's a few stores there that sell toys. Mm-hmm. Or action figures or something. So there's a Disney store. There's certainly a Lego store, and also a Hot Topic. Sometimes, and I'm, I just mentioned those stores because sometimes there's lines outside before they, like the malls, even open. Oh. And invariably, it's yeah. Sometimes with parents with with children, but a lot of times it's just like middle-aged folks like waiting in line for toys to go on sale. And maybe it is for their kids who just aren't in line. Sure, sure. But it does seem like more of a collector thing than, I don't know, like I want I want Hugo to have, my son, I want him to have the experience of sitting in a room or the den or living room or wherever some morning, some afternoon, and just having some figures and making up a story and mm-hmm. just doing something creatively. Because mm-hmm. I did that a ton growing up. Like certainly we... Had an, had an Atari, had a Nintendo, and certainly played video games. But I had, I was probably spoiled. I had a ton of toys. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Mask? Absolutely, I had a bunch of them. I feel like I had 90% of the Mask toys that were ever made. <laughs> Here's the real test. Did you have the big, huge volcano thing? Yes. 
Okay, so yep, definitely spoilers. Yes, and I have a, a story <laughs> about that, which you know also relates to kind of a funny story about my brother and grandmother. So my grandmother, my dad's mom would watch us while my mom was working. Mm-hmm. And my brother's five years older, so he would torment his younger brother as siblings do. And she's watching us, and she, he was always her favorite. That was just pretty clear to everybody. And so we're doing whatever, clowning around, horsing around, and he picks up the top part of the mountain volcano thing mm-hmm. and throws it at my head. Not, like, hard, but, you know, he picked it up and threw it at me. And my grandmother mm-hmm. says, Michael, stop it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and I remember like, I was near our hallway and she was sitting on the couch. And I just remember seven-year-old me was just incredulous. I was like, what do you mean? Stop it. <laughs> right. Like, he threw it at me. Uh, yeah. But I had He-Man, Without a-, a ton of He-Man stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, uh, well, we, me, I... Because, again, spoiled. So I had Castle Grayskull. And what was Skeletor's place called? Yeah, I was never a big He-Man guy, so you, you got me on that but one. But do you remember that it would it would fold up and then you'd, like, open it, kind of like a mm-hmm. briefcase type of thing? Yeah, it was basically the same design as, like, the Barbie stuff. <laughs> it was just He-Man themed and stuff. That's fine, you know. So I'm not saying that is like a you know that's a bad thing. I just you know they're, I think they're made by the same uh, toy maker. So, my, so there, my, there was a lot of similarities. So my thing, and I did this once a month or whatever, ju- whatever worked as a month in my time frame back then. But once a month, I would have a big He-Man battle, mm-hmm. and I would kind of set up the two castles like across the room from each other. And for me at that point across the room is probably like six feet apart, maybe less. Mm-hmm. And it was like Braveheart. It was like they were running at each other and there were little fights breaking out and there was a story going uh-huh. on. And, um, yeah, like I just want Hugo to be able to have that kind of time to just make up his own little games with little figures and stuff. Right. But uh, only if it involves just gratuitous violence. <laughs> It doesn't have to have gratuitous violence. You know, the other thing I did, I would sometimes play football games with my Star Wars figures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And can you guess what the football was? Oh, that's a good question. I should know. Well, so I think I'll give you a hint. Think about the time frame when I'm. It's you know mid early mid eighties. I mean the 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 first thing that popped to my head is there was the fridge GI Joe that I believe came with an actual football, but no, it's it's a it's a Star Wars accessory. Oh, hmm. what's football shaped Star Wars? I don't I don't want to delay this too much as I try to figure that out. Just, you're giving just you're giving us. all the people at home like they're trying to come up with this, right? Right. So it it involves a character that we just saw in Solo. Okay. From Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I still don't so know. So Lando's guard helmet. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could have done this for like <laughs> two, two hours, and I wasn't going to get the Lando's guard helmet as the football. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a little more obvious, like football-shaped or whatnot. That it's kind of football-shaped. It's kind of brown, I think. 
It's brown. That's true. So uh, I forget what his name was when whatever his costume was, but yeah. So it, that would be the football, and invariably the it would be one long twenty minute play with like thirty three fumbles back and forth and laterals. It was <laughs> it was good stuff. Yep. So what what were the things that you usually played around with when you were that so you know for that kind of stuff i mean uh gi joe was probably the biggest one i had a lot of the gi joe stuff over the years um i had uh almost i think all like the the first series of gi joe did not have a ton of vehicles that had like their jeep with the gun on the back and there's like a motorcycle with like a gatlin gun sidecar which makes zero sense but what <laughs> they had it <laughs> yeah uh and my mom's mom uh who i didn't see as much gave me the the original motorized tank for christmas one year which was really unexpected and awesome and then i had a lot of the like the next series of stuff. i had like the hovercraft i had like the hydrofoil that was cobra i had a lot of the big things i had the actual big gi joe base um i don't know if you remember that like it's a big silver thing had like a helipad and a place where you could park the tank and it's a gun stuck through and there was a jail <laughs> to, to put cobra people in uh, so that that was the big thing that I probably had the most of. And second place at that point, I mean, aside from Legos, which was kind of a different thing, was probably Transformers. I had a, a pretty good number of those. Yeah, I had a ton of Transformers um, stuff. Yeah, I, that was what I had the most of. And like you, I I had an actual room downstairs that was not my bedroom that was just for my toys, you know, only child. I was going to say, <laughs> and, I guess uh, that, that's a nice uh... – Nice situation if you can get it. Yeah, yeah, and I would have these huge battles set up, and then for a D and D tie-in um, later on, I had um, people may or may not remember that there were non-posable D and D toys that came out probably in the mid '80s. There were some posable ones that sort of tied in with the the um, the old Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Okay. But then there were also ones put out. I th I mean, I think it. I, I don't know who made them, but I, I remember that you know TSR was on the label and whatnot, and it would be like two packs of like creatures, like straight out of the monster manual, look the same creatures, like a shambling mound and a troglodyte and stuff like that. So we had a bunch of those, and my my friend Brian and I would set up like sort of. Um, it was like a large scale version of what you kind of do on a on a tabletop of D and D now, except for we weren't we weren't really rolling dice and stuff, but we would have a person go on like an adventure, and we'd have like amongst all the like junk from like you know GI Joes taken apart, like vehicles and stuff. We'd have like monsters hidden and stuff, so you would kind of go on your epic quest through whatever and come across monsters that you couldn't see until you got there. Like one person would set it up, and the other person would go through it. So. There you go, D and D time. I mean, you're more than welcome to play. It's like we got a game going on this weekend. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, we've talked about it before. Like, I, I have a little bit of trouble losing myself in in 
just, you know, kind of being a character in those situations. I don't completely know what it's all about. And frankly, now, if there was going to be a time for me to give it a, a, a real go, it's it's not right now. Like I, if I show up at something, a there's a good, yeah, there's a good chance I'm going to miss the next three or four as I have to, like, take care of other things. So we'll see. Maybe at a future date. Did you have a friend who had the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier? I didn't have a close friend that had it. Brian, my same friend that I'm talking about, had a ton of like way more G.I. Joe than I did. I, his mom sometimes would just kind of go bonkers and not even for like necessarily an occasion. Sometimes we would just come home from school and it's like she went on a Toys R Us shopping spree. I'm not not quite sure what that was about. but uh, And even he didn't have the aircraft carrier. I did have like a friend's little brother that, you know, I was kind of done with G.I. Joe at that point. Um, cause the aircraft carrier came out pretty late for me, like when I was kind of getting, or maybe even was kind of beyond it. So I was aware of it, but so I do remember seeing it one time, like basically taking up this kid's entire room because <laughs> it's like six feet. It long. was substantial. I had a, a friend, uh, my friend T, he, I think the only time I ever saw it was over his house, but I feel like it was outside <laughs> it was just mm-hmm. enormous or maybe it was in a garage or something. But it it fit the GI Joe jet like planes, right inside, and it just it was enormous. I feel like the biggest GI Joe accessory toy I had was the Havoc. You remember that? I remember the name. Which which one it was had that? Two treads. It was green. It shot missiles. There was a cannon up top. It sat mm-hmm. a few guys. Like it wasn't a big huge thing, but it was I think the biggest vehicle I had. I had, I had right. a ton of figures, and again, I'd we had this blanket in our house that was had multiple colors on the outside, but the inside part of the blanket or the flip side of it was just all white. So I would throw some pillows down on the ground in different formations, and then just throw the white side of the blanket over it. So it mm-hmm. was mountains and snow, and I think I had a snowmobile, right. snowmobile thing, and then mm-hmm. that was you know a good couple hours of fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is reminding me, if anybody is not aware, that there's a, a Netflix show called The Toys That Made Us, and there is a both a G.I. Joe and a Transformers, as well as like a Lego episode um, that you know cover a lot of these things that we're talking about. So if anybody's uh, going down <clears throat> the, the memory lane because of Toys R Us closing or because of us talking about these toys – uh, you know, you can should certainly check it out if you haven't already. The, the aircraft carrier, for instance, is is definitely gets its uh, big mention in the in the GI Joe one. I've heard that that's a very good uh, series. I haven't seen any episodes, yeah. but I've heard it's really good. Yeah, it's entertaining. I enjoyed the Transformers one a lot because um it was the backstory of the interplay between these toys from japan that weren't even necessarily all the same toy line that then hasbro and marvel were licensing because of the comic book and whatnot to um you know be quote-unquote transformers which was something that i sort of knew because um i was a huge robotech fan growing up and the sort of the transforming robot fighter planes and robotech are the exact same as do you remember the expensive transforming jet not the decepticons the one that was a 
and Autobot. So, what is it? Skylinks? Yeah, I don't know the name, but it's red and white. And uh, that was just, the, you know, that was a Veritech fighter in Robotech. And so I just remember being a kid and be like, well, wait a second. Hey. <laughs> and so uh, in that episode, there's a lot of discussion of like the Japanese toy lines that became Transformers and kind of how that worked and the really cool um, Japanese toy designers that were making um, this stuff and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I definitely recommend them if if people are from that era and grew up with them and <laughs> want to watch a show and it's fun to watch it with my son because they'll show things like in the Lego one, they're showing the original space set and the original castle. And I'm like, yep, had that, had that. And then of course they're like, and if you still have these with the original box, you're sitting on thousands of right. dollars. And it's dope. Um, but, uh, you know, it's fun to watch it with him and say, yeah, yeah, I had that one and that one and whatnot. So. See, I'm looking at the picture. Skylinks turned into a jet or almost like a space shuttle looking thing and also some kind of, well, I think it's a Lynx, like some type of four-legged creature. No, that's not the same okay. one. This this is, is just a red and white plane that would change into a, a – you know, a robot, and then there was kind of a between way that you could do it that is again straight out of out of uh, out of Robotech. Nerds that are listening know what I'm talking about. It's it's basically Rick Hunter's. You know, Veritech is also a Transformer. I think the biggest Transformer I had was Omega Supreme. Though I had whatever the one was that turned into like a city slash fortress. Uh, that was like one of the last ones I got when it was I was like probably... an oval track and. It's kind of red and yellow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the oval track. I, I remember that yeah. one. That, again, was kind of like the next generation where I was sort of not. I remember going to get to, again to a friend's house and like none of my friends were really playing with stuff like that anymore. And like I had still gotten some stuff like that for Christmas and like his little brother had gotten that exact one that you're talking about. And I remember being like, oh, God, I really want to play with that, but I can't. I can't be not cool. <laughs> I just got to watch football. <laughs> yeah so it's sad sad day for for toys r us going going under i i hope something comes to replace that in the real world um yeah i mean it's hard to say the conventional wisdom is that you know the days are numbered for a lot of the you know big box places you know best buy seems to be not long for this world um and that's, uh, enough. that's yeah. another episode entirely. <laughs> I know you you have some quality Best Buy memories. Oh, I do. I used um, to work I, first job. Right. Um. So you know, I'm I'm not sure if we'll see the likes of Toys R Us again. I'm, I mean, I can see it as like there being a toy store at a place like the Mall of America that's pretty big and sort of a destination to go. I mean. I don't does I don't know that this market ever had FAO Schwartz. Um, there used to be one in the Mall of America. Okay, I, I couldn't re- I couldn't and remember. There's, a, if there's it, a really good article. It was a few months ago because I think it was the I don't know 30th anniversary of the movie Big, and mm-hmm. it was an article on the Ringer about the the designer or the inventor of the keyboard or the piano mm-hmm. that they that they yeah, danced yeah. on. And it was just a really good article. It was well-researched. They had interviews with different people, and not only involved in the film, but it was more focused on that piano and how mm-hmm. that came to be. But it also highlighted how F.A.O. Schwartz was, again, 
another toy store that used to be a big deal. I remember going there mm-hmm. in Times Square in New York City, and it was like, oh, my God, I'm at F.A. Schwartz in, in, in New York right. City. And now they're all gone. <laughs> yeah, and it was more of what we're talking about and that, you know, the, the one that was at kind of the high-end mall in Atlanta was kind of more of a destination. It did have stuff like that piano thing out there to like, you know, mess with and play with. And there's this like big, huge animated tree when you walked in um, and they still didn't make it. So right. <laughs> I, I don't know if we're going to if we're going to see Toys R Us again or if there's going to be some, you know, mom and pop retailers that, um, you know, try to make it, especially when they're in sort of more touristy areas or if somebody can do something that's more of a toy store slash destination that's good to fun to go to with your kids and um you know brings people back to a store instead of because I mean, there really is something to be said for getting into kind of you know bra- i mean uh, parents are groaning because like it's also sometimes terrible to take your kids there because it's like you know i want that i want that can i get this can i get that but like just being able to sort of browse and see all the different things and in the best cases like maybe there's a display where you get to mess with it and whatnot instead of you know shopping online on amazon which can be cool but sometimes like you don't really see all the different options that are out there because of what it chooses to show you and whatnot it's you know, you, you don't just get to go and look and say like, oh, like here's the whole line of GI Joe, and what's the coolest here? Um, so, I don't know. Or just um, the the maybe. joys of flipping through all the characters. Are you like almost like page through, or it's like you you yeah. they're on the little um, hook, and it's like you shift them all a little to the left or right one by one. It's like oh, that got that guy, got that guy. Oh, there he is! I got it. It was heading heading in right. The back. The joy slash pain of having to go through like 30 snaggletooths trying to find that one Boba Fett still on the rack and, you know, just all of those obscure Star Wars figures that they made and are there instead. <laughs> High time. It'll be interesting as you know my son gets older and I'm like thinking back to what my experience was when I was his age. And try to recreate that, and it's just impossible to recreate some things. It'll be, mm-hmm. be kind of sad. I mean, I'm sure there'll be. Yeah. You know, it's just a new world, and there'll be new things, and it'll it'll be fine. But you know, I it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I for one am thankful that you know, with both of my kids, got to do some some Toys R Us together before it was not around, and you know, sort of get to relive that. So his thing seems to be trucks right now. I don't know why he's into that, but anything with like wheels, farm equipment, tractors, he's yeah. all in. He is just all in on any books, pictures, shows, anything that has a tractor involved. He's all about it. Gonna get him some vintage Tonka, which are also super expensive, but you know the big heavy metal ones that he can do some real <laughs> yeah. damage with. Because that's all he needs. With how quick he he will just anything that moves or even shouldn't move, he just pushes it and runs yep. around gleefully. And then he doesn't uh-huh. realize like where his head is in relation to his body. So if he knocks his head into something, he looks at me yep. crying like, "What what happened? Why why am I hurt?" It's like, it's like, well, <laughs> that's why he needs a big yellow dump truck that weighs about twenty five exactly. pounds and has a whole bunch of sharp metal that are, edges that are rusted. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Give him a tetanus shot and give him a Tonka truck and he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, well, 
I'd be curious to hear from others about their Toys R Us memories because I have a bunch of other ones too. But um, you know, I'd be I'd be curious if this is kind of hitting other people too in a, in a similar way. Yep. So Me let too. us know. Um, reach out to us. Um, again, I'm the IDM on on Twitter. It's probably the easiest way to get in touch with me. And uh, how can they reach you? Uh, I mean, I always say the at Geekzinga for Twitter. I will admit my my Twitter usage goes through highs and lows, but that's again wait, in terms wait, of wait, interacting wait with this cast, what, probably the what highs am I missing? Because <laughs> <laughs> highs being that I get onto it, like some things, respond to some people. And lows being that like I forget to open it for like four Let's or five days. Highs like I turn on my computer, I open the app, I look at it, and then I turn it off. <laughs> it's a little better than that, but that does does sort of resemble. And uh, we should probably mention because I think the end of our previous cast we teased doing the music episode, yeah, and then next. we we now haven't done it. But we really truly will be doing that next. We just with the you know imminent closing of Toys R Us, it seemed timely to go ahead and talk about it. So. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And you know when Best Buy goes down, we'll have the emergency Best Buy podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't have as much of a connection to Best Buy, but I know you do. So it was just such a it was just a, a such a place to buy media, and it was just right at the time where, not that I had a lot of disposable income, but it was where I would spend that disposable income every week. What what CDs, what movies came out, what DVDs and video games, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now you go in there, you can't even find that stuff. It's like all cell phones and refrigerators. Yeah, it's going to be all nothing pretty soon unless they figure something out. Well, another another topic for another day. But yep, good chatting. Good luck with the house and everything else you're trying to get organized this summer. Thank you. And yeah, we'll be back soon to talk about uh, overrated and underrated bands, musical performers. There. Yeah, you got to give me my metric because I I, I got to narrow things down if we're we're doing five of each. Well. I mean, I think our metrics are very different when it comes to music. So, that's. But I'm saying we need we need to agree on a sort of general metric of you know, are we doing the A, B, and C, just A and B? Because that'll help me narrow it down. Well, again, if if anyone else has any ideas of what they'd like to hear, let us know. But otherwise, we'll come up we'll come up with a criteria and then uh, we'll record here hopefully within the next week or so. Yep. All right, sir. Have a good night. All you right. too. 